Hi friends, Erica here, and I wanted to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by my friends over at YM Dental Lab. They are offering two free zirconia crowns for all new customers. Check them out at ymdentallaboratory.com for more information. Now, on with the show. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of the Dental Billing Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Aguilar, and I am here to help share tips, tricks, and resources to help you level up in your dental billing career. Perhaps you are an experienced biller looking to start your own dental billing company. Maybe you want to work from home. We have some episodes to support that. Or perhaps you're working for a dental billing company and you want to learn more about dental billing so you can add more value to your client's experience. I got you, friends. That's what I'm here to do is add value to your career and help you level up and have someone or somewhere to go to get these ideas, these resources that help you in your career. So today's episode is a little different. The title of the podcast episode is called Dental Insurance for Dummies. And obviously that's a play off of, you know, all of these for dummies types of key performing indicators for dummies medical insurance for dummies. Like there's just all these topics for dummies. And obviously I'm not trying to be derogatory in any way, shape or form. I just found it to be a fun spin on the for dummies type of (laughs) title, I guess. Today's episode is going to talk about why it is important for us to explain dental insurance benefits to our patients in a better way or more often, or as I like to say, making it a regular feature in the patient's experience. I find that we spend more time explaining treatment or re-explaining the treatment, right? So the doctor does the diagnosis and then we go in and we re-explain the treatment. Rather than re-explaining treatment, we should be going into detail about how their insurance actually works for them. Because according to the American Dental Association, the number one complaint from consumers to the ADA is that the patients don't understand their benefits and how we are coming up with the co-payments that we are offering to the patient. It's important that we do better in explaining how their benefits actually work so that there's less confusion when things sometimes go sideways. These insurance plans place an enormous amount of red tape. And we, as dental billing professionals, we need to know how to navigate through all of this red tape while at the same time explaining to the patient without overwhelming them how we are navigating and how we are coming up with their co-payments. So today I want to share with you how I explain dental benefits to my patients when I am presenting treatment. Because yes, friends, I still am actively participating either in my clients' offices, showing them how to present treatment and explain dental benefits, or teaching people how to do it in general. 
So I have a method that I use and it's kind of a pre-framing to that conversation. And this was very common when I was a treatment coordinator because I was a treatment coordinator for a few years. I absolutely loved explaining how their benefits worked. And what I found over time is that because I did this in the beginning of the relationship, when something would happen During the revenue cycle, maybe the claim was denied or there was a downgrade because insurance companies like to utilize that least expensive alternative treatment clause in these plans, which allows them to pay for the downgraded procedures. Composite filling, they pay for amalgam. We do a porcelain crown on a molar, they pay for a full metal crown. So We have to make our patients aware of things like this rather than explaining the treatment again. I get that the patients suffer from white coat syndrome, which means while they're speaking to the doctor, they're a little overwhelmed because typically what I hear in the observations that I do of exams and and how people are presenting financial options, typically what I hear are a lot of really high IQ or high dental IQ terms used in the conversations with our patients. We tend to forget that our patients have a very low dental IQ. Again, that's not meant to insult anybody, but it's the truth. Our patients don't understand what scaling and root planning means. They don't understand why they need a root canal. They just know that they were told they need a root canal. So when we find ourselves going into the treatment room and we are re-explaining treatment, that is an indication, friends, that you do not have what I refer to as a buy-in. When your patient buys into the treatment that the doctor has diagnosed, you will find that there are less obstacles in that conversation. And the obstacles can sound like, why do I need this? I need to speak to my spouse. There are so many ways that the patient is saying, I don't understand why I need what I need. So when you find yourself re-explaining treatment, know that that is a symptom of something bigger going on in the case presentation style of the doctor. And we need to cure that. Like we need to address that. And that happens before I can have the conversation around dental insurance benefits. This all connects, right? So the patient comes in, they have an exam, the diagnosis is done. The style in which that diagnosis is done is going to be critical for obtaining the buy-in. If the patient has a ton of question marks around the treatment plan and the doctor walks out, we do not have buy-in. And then I, as the treatment coordinator, I have to pick up the pieces and re-explain the treatment. Now, I've heard things like, well, the reason that I re-explained the treatment is because, you know, I'm not the doctor, so the patients tend to relate to me a little better because I'm on their level. Friends, I can't tell you that that is further from the truth. I know that it works. I know that sometimes we think that patients are more comfortable with us explaining the treatment to them because we know how to dial it down. We know how to speak on their level understanding they don't understand all the dental terms. I get that. But we really need to treat that as a symptom of something bigger going on with case acceptance. Once we treat that symptom, 
The second symptom, the second ailment that we have to cure is helping the patients to understand their dental insurance benefits. First of all, let's just get the elephant out of the room. There's no such thing as dental insurance. We all know that. Being dental billers, we know that dental insurance does not function like regular insurance. If it did, there would not be all these non-scientific contract frequency limitations that make no scientific sense. There is no reason to say that a patient can only have a cleaning once every six months other than to save money on the insurance part. So we have to first let the patients know, and I don't, you can phrase this however you want, but I am pretty straight up with my patients and I tell them, your insurance has a ton of limitations that we have to navigate through one of which is how often you can have your cleaning. Your plan will only allow you to have a cleaning once every six months to the date. However, our standard of care and our doctor's standard of care is for you to come in once every four months for a cleaning. We don't allow your insurance to dictate the standard of care that we render in this practice. The next question that I ask them, actually it's the first question going back to the beginning of the conversation, has anyone ever explained how your insurance works? And 100% of the time I hear no. Nobody has ever taken the time to explain how my insurance works. Okay, great. Well, what I would like to do is walk you through how we came up with what your patient portion, what your co-payment's going to be today. So let's first talk about your benefits. And I will show them the breakdown of benefits. It's confusing for them, I know, but it is something tangible that they can see so that I can show them we are doing our level best in order to obtain as, as much information as we can, ask as many questions as we can so that we can be as accurate as possible when we are asking them for their money, right? So I will go over the basics, the very basics of the breakdown. I'm not going to go into what falls under basic and what falls under major and you know what is covered at 80%. I don't go into that much detail, but I do want to show them something that that allows them to see we are attempting to get the most out of your insurance company by asking a ton of questions so that we can get ahead of all of the red tape. I then go into how we calculate the insurance estimate and I do actually bring a calculator with me and I show them as an example, your crown is covered at 80%. Here's the fee. Here is what the insurance is estimated to pay. And here is what your estimated copayment is today for that crown. Uh, so I talk about the insurance estimate. I calculate their patient portion right in front of them. I don't do the entire treatment plan, but once again, friends, I'm trying to build trust into this relationship and by being as transparent as possible around the insurance benefits, it allows that relationship to build trust a lot quicker. I also talk about possible outcomes like downgrades or possibilities of denials. And the reason that I do that, and I don't do it in a way that's going to cause an obstacle, but I do it in a way that is educational for the patient. I add value by letting them know up front, we can never anticipate the final outcome. All we can do is take this information from this breakdown, and as you can see, it's a ton of information. All we can do is try and maximize on what we've been told. However, sometimes dentists will review claims, 
And it can happen at random. And sometimes they don't always agree with what we did. So they may pay for a cheaper procedure. They may deny the procedure altogether. We will always ask for reconsideration for payment. And when that doesn't work, we go into the formal appeal process. So once I explain all that to them, they know that we are doing our best to get the most information from the insurance up front. They know now how we calculate insurance estimates, how we come up with their co-payments. They know that there's a possibility for downgrades and denials. We can't anticipate that. We can only do our best to submit a clean claim and we do our best to anticipate the denial. And finally, once we have explained all of the insurance benefits and how everything's gonna work out, this is a crucial part of the conversation. When you are a financial coordinator or a treatment coordinator, this is a crucial part to the conversation because now we're leading into asking for the money. This is why I said when you start your conversation with your patients, you wanna pre-frame it and you wanna let them know that you are here to explain how their insurance works And before you get started, do you have any questions about the treatment that the doctor discussed with you? Again, this is going to be your key indicator as to understanding whether or not the patient has bought in to the treatment. Because if there's a ton of questions around the treatment lingering after the doctor left the room, friends, we don't have a buy-in. And so we want to make sure that before the doctor walks out of the room, the patient and the the doctor are on the same page. Everybody's on the same page. It can sound something as simple as, okay, Ms. Smith, I'd like to get started as soon as possible on the right side. Is that where you would like to start as well? I'm going to have Erica come in. She's going to talk to you about how your insurance works. She's great. She's an expert. And I will see you soon to get started on the right side. So now I know that we have some type of buy-in. Now, there's a whole process to this, friends, and I had my process down when I was a treatment coordinator, which helped me exponentially as I moved into the billing position. Now, I am able to present my financial options to the patients. My goal is that I'm not re-explaining treatment. I can just walk in and present my financial options. And this is something that I wish we would spend more time practicing. I wish that we would make this more of a regular feature in our patient experience. Hopefully you guys have thought through what your patient experience looks like because experience is everything when you're asking for your patients to hand over their hard-earned money. Just as a side note, we have, as consumers, we have what is referred to as a spending threshold. There is a psychology behind the spending threshold. The psychology is that based on the experience we have with, say, a department store, our spending threshold either goes up or goes down. So taking our patients out of the patient box, and now we're going to put them into the consumer box. What does the experience do to your patient's spending threshold? Does the experience cause them to want to spend more money in your office? Or does it cause them to say, you know what, this is just a basic and functional practice. I only want to pay for basic and functional dentistry. Taking that psychology that you utilize, like say, for example, a a pair of sunglasses at Walmart, 
and we place a price tag of $500 on those sunglasses. When you walk into Walmart, your spending threshold goes down for two reasons that I can think of right off the bat. The employees are not the happiest employees and they don't look very presentable most of the time. Now, I have seen some exceptions and I'm sure you guys have as well. And I'm not putting down all Walmart employees. I'm just saying in general, I think the general public has the same consensus about Walmart employees. And, you know, we place that $500 price tag on those glasses. Employees don't look happy. And then two, the bathrooms are never super clean. Bathrooms and how we treat our patients, our waiting room, those are going to affect your spending threshold right off the bat. When we do that, we walked in to Walmart saying, we want the rollback. We want to get a deal here because that is what Walmart's expectation has been. That's what they've placed on us. But if you walk into, I'm in California, I don't know if you guys have Nordstrom, but it's a high-end department store, and you put $500 on the same pair of sunglasses in Nordstrom, that is expected. So your spending threshold goes up. I'm not saying you're going to spend the $500. I'm just saying it's not a shocker to you as it would be with Walmart. This is what is referred to as the psychology behind the spending threshold. When you take that psychology and you place it into your practice, does the spending threshold go up or down based on A, how you are answering the phone, how you are greeting the patient? Is anybody greeting the patient? When you when the patient walks in, I've seen a lot of offices that have nobody in the front. This is subconsciously affecting their desire or their want to spend their hard-earned money in your practice. Think about the patient experience And when you get to the financial options of the conversation, all of this has taken place. The exam experience has already happened. I have a ton of questions around the treatment. I am so confused. I don't know what I'm going to do. That is going to lead to a version of no. And that version of no usually sounds like I need to think about it. Uh, I need to talk to my husband or my wife. I need to take a look at my finances. Those are all versions of no, but they're just not saying no. They don't know what to say, honestly. They don't know what questions to ask. They don't know what to say. So the go-to is going to be, I need to think about it. That's what you're going to hear most of the time. But the psychology behind I need to think about it is No. Okay, friends. So the exam, not explaining how their insurance works. And now I'm just going to jump right into, it's going to be $1,200. How do you want to take care of that? That is not the most favorable way of asking for money. So we want to have some type of method to the madness and put together a workflow that works for your office. I mean, take what I'm saying and use it or not. The idea of coming up with a workflow that causes the patient's spending threshold to say yes. Yes, I want that crown. Yes, I want to get started on that root canal. Yes, I want to do the fillings or whatever cosmetic work you may have presented. Maybe you're a cosmetic practice and you want to focus on uh, smile enhancement and you want more people to say yes Take a look at the patient's experience because that's having a direct impact on their spending threshold. Hi friends, Erica here, and I just wanted to pop in and give you a personal invite to our next event, Dental Billing Disrupted 
which is happening in Atlanta, Georgia on April 20th. This speaker lineup is insane and we are going to cover everything dental billing and then some. If you're interested in learning more about the event, go to the link in my show notes and I hope to see you there. Now back to the show. So I know that we started this episode around understanding how to explain dental insurance benefits to your patients so that there's less confusion around it. But I want you guys to understand that this is so vital to the patient experience, explaining their benefits, because again, it's going to cause spending thresholds to go up if you explain it right. Don't confuse them, don't overwhelm them. If you keep it simple and they understand how you came to the uh, number that you did and you are as transparent as possible, then you will have a better case acceptance percentage. When I'm explaining insurance benefits, it's very basic, yet it's simple, basic, but it has a direct impact on the outcome or the case acceptance outcome. I typically like to start with, and I'm going to use like Delta Dental, so this will be like an in-network example. I like to show the patients the full UCR fees. So I show them all of their treatment with no discount. So the full UCR fees. And then I like to show them the discount they are receiving for being a Delta Dental patient. Once they understand what that discount, I then break down how much the dental insurance is gonna cover. An example of that could sound like, total for your treatment is 6,300. And because you are a part of the Delta Dental family, you are receiving a discount of $2,520. That's gonna bring everything down to 3,780, of which Delta Dental is going to cover 2,500 of that. That's leaving your portion at $1,280. I then move straight into the financial options. And I like to have my numbers worked out before I walk into the operatory, if that's where I'm presenting treatment, because the more prepared I am and the easier I make it for the patient to say yes, the better outcome we're going to have overall, right? So I have, I stick to using a financial calculator, either through Lending Club or Care Credit's website. It doesn't actually have to be from the website, from the third-party financial company that we use. I just, I want to have, I want to be able to give the patient an idea of what their payments are going to look like. So I typically will go to Care Credit and use the payment calculator on their website. I believe Lending Club has one as well. I always offer the same options and this keeps the conversation concise and makes the decision for the patient so much easier. So the first option that I offer is a 10% pay in full discount. Uh, You may think that that's a little high, but I find that 10% works and 5% really doesn't get the needle to move. I find that 10% definitely does get more people to pay in full, especially when they've had a great experience. They're happier to do it with a discount. Then I offer 
12 months no interest payment option. I offer a lower payment with interest or we can do pay as you go. And we have some rules around pay as you go. So if the patient chooses to do pay as you go, we do ask that they put a credit card on file and we let them know that that credit card will not be charged unless they don't show up. And you can come up with whatever policy you want around putting the credit card on file and what will be charged if they decide not to show up. But that's just an incentive for them to show up, not flake, not get the financial flu and not show for their appointment. Going back to what this episode was intended for, I want to point out that this is all connected, friends. The more we are able to get the patient to say yes to, which I know a lot of my doctors, my clients, they're not over-diagnosers. They, I mean, in fact, you know, some of their teams have accused them of being under-diagnosers. Even they're conservative. And it's very frustrating knowing that the patient needs these services because they have some form of active infection or active decay going on underneath the gum line. As active decay, they need to have that removed because that's just going to continue to eat away at the tooth. It's really important that we understand how to explain to to our patients, how we're coming up with the co-payments that we are, being as transparent as you can in explaining the dental insurance benefits that the patient has and making it easier for them to say yes to treatment that we know they need. Dental treatment, dental work, when it's due to active infection and active decay, is never going to be cheaper than today. It's only going to get more expensive as we put our treatment off. And so without saying it like that, you have to emphasize that in consequences of not getting started with the treatment. And and why this is so important, because the more that you get the patient to say yes to, the more we get to bill, the more we get to be in our zone of genius, which is the billing. I need my treatment coordinators to know how to present treatment that gets the patient to say yes. I need my dental team to give the patient an experience that increases the patient's spending threshold and wants to say yes to more advanced dental treatment rather than basic and functional. I want them to all understand that this is all intertwined and we all have a part in team case acceptance. And it's going to start with how we greet the patient, the diagnosis, the style of exam that is executed, the way we are asking for money, the way we are explaining dental benefits so that the patient understands we want them to know as much as possible, be as transparent as possible, and finally making it as easy as possible for the patient to say yes to the treatment that they need so that it doesn't get more and more expensive. I mean, how many times have we seen a patient get diagnosed with a filling and they come back in six months for a cleaning, forgetting about the filling, and now that filling has turned into a root canal and a post and buildup in a crown. So it went from being, let's just say $350, and now we are having to spend $2,000. It is the reality dental treatment when it's due to decay and infection 
how that works. That is the reality. And that's what we need to emphasize to our patients as well. So friends, I hope that this has helped you to understand that we need to explain dental benefits to our patients in a way that helps them to understand that A, dental insurance is not your friend. Dental insurance pays for basic and functional. Our office does more advanced style dentistry, and we want them to understand that we don't allow our standard of care to be dictated by the limitations that they place on the benefits that are outlined in that plan. So I hope that this has helped you, given you some food for thought in incorporating and making this conversation a regular feature in the patient's experience, keeping in mind that you want to elevate the patient's experience so that the spending threshold goes up and moving away from making a dental purchase a discretionary purchase. It is not a discretionary purchase. This is not like buying a Coach or Louis Vuitton bag. This is oral health which affects overall health. We want to help our patients to see that making a decision to start treatment, even though there's no pain, is not a discretionary purchase. It is a necessity. Okay, friends, I hope that this was a very helpful episode for you. And if you guys have any questions, can I invite you to join me in our Facebook group? It is called Hidden Dental Profit. Feel free to join us there. And we keep the conversation going around all things dental billing. We have some upcoming events that you will be made aware of in that group as well. And until the next episode, friends, I will see you in the group. Okay, my friends, that's going to wrap up today's episode on the Dental Billing Podcast. I can't wait until the next episode, and I hope that you join me. Until then, take care.